you know, me being in full off season mode, I've already gone through all of the YouTube highlight packs. You know, I've seen Michael Rasmussen's goal about two times now. Um, so I've started to go back and listen to some of our first podcasts as we started about a year, like a little over a year ago at this point. And I think uh, literally two days ago, we had a podcast on, on to the day a year ago. And we were talking about how reliable the Red Wings goaltending is going to be in the 2021-2022 season and how it's going to be the most the most valuable asset to the team. Man, did that age that age poorly. Uh, you know, a couple of new <laughs> signings. Well, a new, a new signing acquisition with uh, Milkovich. And, and, and then Tom, Thomas Grice. Thomas Grice coming off the best couple weeks of his career. And yeah. Eight months later. What can go wrong? He was rocking like a 950 or 940 the last couple weeks of that season. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, we were we were we were fully like drinking the Kool Aid on the goalies, and I loved every second of it. I was listening back and like, this is so funny. Why wouldn't that's, we though? Yeah, that's what diehard fans do. I know, right? I mean, yeah, you gotta drink the Kool Aid. Well, I'm good. saying, like, what was there to hate about the goaltending tandem heading? And I guess the fact that Grice is old and has never kept up a consistent pace like that ever, and that Nedeljkovic has played like 20 games in his career. <laughs> Yeah, but ah, yeah. we see the red flags. Hey, last year was their year, okay? That's right. That's right. This time last year, it was their year. Now, I, now we're hyping up our goaltending is probably like the third best in the Atlantic, but we have the same issue as <laughs> Billy Husso has played over like 40 games. We just have, we have a second Malkovich. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Hot start to the episode. <laughs> Welcome into the production line podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham and Andy. Yeah, we're in full force today. Uh, a little late to the recording as we haven't recorded in two and a half weeks, I think now. So from this point forward, I think we're back in full se- full season swing. I'm uh, excited for the upcoming year. We got camp coming up next week and we have uh, prospect tourney happening right now. As of as when this comes out, this will be. Friday, this comes out. The we have our first game at 3 p.m. So I think it's a perfect little segue. We get right into prospect tournament. Um, so I think everyone at this point has kind of seen the roster. It kind of came out like a few days after we last recorded. Who are you guys most excited to watch? Uh, Ivan, Ivan. Um, I, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw the um Dan Cleary interview with Woodward. Word on Woodward? No, I haven't. Uh, it is Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. I, I don't. I'm not sure that it is. I think that <laughs> came out. He he said, "Don't quote me on that." He said he was pretty sure, though. Yeah, pretty sure. So I, I think, think I think maybe he just saw the picture on social media that was circulating, and he <laughs> thinks it's Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. But I, I hope s- it is. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I want it to be so bad. Uh, are we talking like players that are? With the organization or just like invites? In general, I think. I guess I like I'm excited for a couple different guys for different reasons. Um, yeah, I guess like Albert Johansson would be my number one guy right now that I'm most excited to see. And then probably like I guess it would be a forward, but it'd be Hannes or Soderblom. And also I guess Lombardi, I'm pretty excited to key in on because I think he might be an interesting uh draft capital guy for where he was slotted in. Definitely. He had pulled off pulled off the Michigan at the three on three tournament. Yeah, that was gross. 
Not bad. Andy? Yeah, I agree with Grant. Like, Hannes was interesting. Tuchiev, or however you say his name. I just... Tuchiev. Tuchiev? Okay. He was just, like, interesting last year. He was, so much, he was so much fun. Yeah, like... Sellying the first game. Yeah. This guy's, like, that off the board. And then, like, of course, Elmer. You know, your usuals. Johansson I mean, was interesting, too. Can we talk about the Elmer video today that came out on the one on one? He's just so big. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, I was watching. So he gets the pass from the corner. It's like a normal one on one drill. Like you're in front of the net, you take the tip from the point, and then you're going on one on one on that defenseman. And they have to play gap control. And I'm watching Elmer kind of chug up the ice. I'm like, he's not moving that fast. And then all of a sudden, like he doesn't have a lot of room on the defenseman. He slows down and pulls it between his legs and drives around the defenseman. Like, no, like just easy as that. And tries to go one-handed. Yeah, it was also Plandowski, which he's like five foot three. But no, Plandowski's not that small. He's no, I was joking. Six, uh, he's, I mean, compared to Soderblom, yeah, yeah. Also, Plandowski, like his mom's a skating trainer. Like she trains like pro players. Yeah, he's a good skater. He is a really good skater. Yes, doesn't have much else going for him, but he's a good skater. So I did think that I thought that video was something. I, I put it out on the podcast account, and I was like, holy. But the lines, the lines look a little interesting, and I kind of like think about it. I'm like, thank God none of our top pro- like <laughs> if this was our center depth on the prospect pool, we'd be in some trouble. But luckily, we have centers in other places. Um, Soderbloom, Lombardi, Hannes is the top line. Tuchiev, Limpar, Lance, who's a free agent invite. I'm uh, curious to see Limpar, Lance actually. Where did he play he, again? He played in, um, I think a a, a rebro. Oh, but that's he's right, coming. Yeah. He's coming over to the OHL this year. I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Or, oh, sorry, he played. J, he played J20, right? Yeah, but he he played. I think one game with Arebro. Okay. And then Ivan, Ivan on on the the right there. Um, we got Piercy, who's a free agent invite. Ward, who's a free agent invite, and then Zito. And then I'm pretty sure the whole fourth line, besides Bliss, is free agent invites as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trenton Bliss, my guy. I watched him play. I watched him play in high school. Not a big deal. Yeah. Was he good? good and bad. Uh was wow. he good? Yeah. <laughs> he was he was pretty decent. He was pretty decent. I think he was also like a junior at the time when I when I watched him. It was like in the Wisconsin uh state playoffs. Wasn't bad. Nice. Went up to go play for tech. Not a big deal. Um also like moving towards like uh kind of the defense right now like the defense is stacked if detroit's tournament kind of like relied is relying on the defense because offensively there's not that much like hannis and soderbloom will be carrying the load offensively but defensively is where things are really impressive like i mean i also i don't know if you found it interesting as well but i thought it was interesting that edvinson was first power play unit not johansson yeah that was interesting just kind of shows how like Edvinson is viewed in the organization versus like how he is um, in Sweden. I would use the word prioritize. So you've always noticed with Edvinson playing in Sri Lanka and even at the national level with whether it be U18 or U20, he's never played power play. He played, no. they gave him like one rep for Sri Lanka basically in a game situation. That was about it. So just showing like the development aspect here in Detroit. Um, 
they're not choosing probably the best option. It's what the option they want it to be. Right. That's the way I view it. They want him to be that or be able to run a power play. I mean, being the sixth overall pick, you want him to be able to, right? You want a, you want a two-way defenseman at that point. Yep. And I think he can do it. I think so, too. I don't think he's obviously – I don't think he's cider on the top, but, again, he doesn't have to be. No. Johansson's the dynamic one, though, which, I mean, also gives that second power play a little bit of bite, which is yeah. good. Um, yeah, also on the defensive end, I mean, Sabrango, who's played two years pro now. Um, and he looks great. Seth Barton, who's another guy I'm kind of interested to watch a little bit more as he gets older. Can he be something? Um, Mil Vero, my guy. He's gonna be he's gonna be a Red Wing in a couple. He's he's gonna make his NHL debut in two years. Quote me. Quote me. Plandowski. What was the last year that got hurt? Was it? Uh, I think it was training camp. Eh? Not prospects tournament. Broke Who? His collar. That. Broke his yeah. collarbone or shoulder, separated shoulder. I remember. I remember uh, it, it wasn't that bad, but McIsaac got hurt in yes, prospects tournament. McIsaac, that's right. He it did. wasn't serious though, was it? I thought he had no. so, out for a while, and it was he like was, the same thing where he already injured. He actually, he was he was he, out for a while. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, but I don't know. Why thank God he's not. Thanks, thank God he's not going this year. Yeah, <laughs> keep him away. Um, yeah, the Mathurin is also there. Uh, 2022 draft pick out of North Bay. Big boy. I'm curious. I'm curious to watch him play as well because he had like literally no offense in the OHL. And I'm curious if he's what he looks like. And then obviously goaltending with Kosa and Bednash and uh, Andrew Oak noted invite as well. Wasn't Oak on the USA USA team? Yeah. And he plays for Saginaw. Oh, local guy. Yeah, I miss T Bone Cod. I was going to say T Bone Cod this year. <laughs> yeah, where's T Bone Cod when you need him? Dolphin. Gol- yeah, he's he's busy. He's he should. Sick. He should just stick to what he's good at. I mean, not that he's not good at hockey, but apparently he's better pretty, at golf. Yeah, apparently he's pretty great at golf. So, yeah, I mean, stick stick to that, man. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, they play. Is it three o'clock tomorrow? It's versus I think St. Louis. I want to say. I honestly don't know the schedule. Yeah, I haven't looked at that. Um, give me a second. I'll try to. I'll pull it back up. I think I is, had it. Does Dallas and Toronto play tonight? There. Mm-hmm. It was okay. I did, I did see that. It was Dallas and Toronto. Dallas is <laughs> Dallas's forward core is so disgusting. I know. Wyatt Johnson and Stankovic on the second line, wasn't it? Yeah, it's something crazy like that. I mean, Dallas for not drafting like that high over the past like couple seasons they've got a ridiculous core also what i can't stand is kent johnson having a c on his jersey for prospects camp what yeah why do you need a captain for prospects tournament are you kidding me no i'm not kidding look it up kent johnson got a got a c good for him that i mean i guess r- really <laughs> weird he deserves it here and it we should give uh, Ivan Ivan the C. I mean, yeah. Yes. Give him the C and two A's. Just give him all the letters. <laughs> True. Uh, we play against Columbus tomorrow. We. So we get, we get to see. Oh, sorry. We. Not we. The Red, <laughs> the Red Wings prospects. Yeah, yeah. Us three are just taking on Col- the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow. It's going to be really interesting. We could do yeah. it. 
Columbus has actually such a they have such a good team too. Juracek, Matejchuk, Johnson, Kirill Marchenko. Who? I'm kidding. I, mean, I was gonna <laughs> say they're all like legit NHL prospects who might play in the NHL. Like, well, the two forwards anyway will play in the NHL this year. Yeah, Marchenko. I hope he makes the team. Columbus has a chance to be really fun, but also they've made some decisions. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yarmos is kind of a he's an interesting cat. He is. I, I don't I think some days he's like on something and then other days he's just totally focused. Like yeah, when, he signed, he... when he signed Eric Branson, he was like he maybe was on something crazy. And then no no no. What he was on crazier is when he traded out Oliver Bjorkstrand for a third and a fourth fourth round pick. Yeah, that too. That was literally the worst move for the whole summer. That was a really good move by Seattle, though. Oh, it was a great. It was probably the best pickup for, for in terms of price and what you got. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then and then he signs Johnny Gaudreau for less than what he probably should have got. Yeah. And looks great. Yeah. And then we, we got the real deal coming out of PCO as well. The real that's deal. Where, that's very hell yeah. I was trying to think of that earlier today. I was talking with my buddy at work, and I was like, I I know he signed somewhere, but I couldn't remember. Columbus. Yeah, Columbus. And then uh, um, Vic, Grant and I were just talking about this before you got on, Andy, in the call. Uh, Victor Rask also signed a PTO there. Jeez. They have no centers, though, so I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Victor Rask was, like, really good two years ago when he played online with Kaprizov and Zook. Yeah. And then he fell off a cliff the next year when Hartman took over. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> he enjoyed playing Zuccarello <laughs> and then... You could see his production too, like the first half, like when he's playing in Minnesota. His like he still finished with twenty one points in forty seven games last year, yeah. which if you look at pure statistics, you're like, okay, that's like pretty solid. Like it's not bad. It's like a third line center, and then you look at it a little bit more, you're like, Ooh. yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely interesting. But no, I'm excited for prospects prospects tournament. I hope it's a little bit different because it wasn't last year like not actually a tournament. It was just scrimmages, and like they meant nothing. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, sounds all right. There was like no championship, no nothing. Yeah, I think it kind of looks the same because the Red Wings played the last game at Monday at 11 a.m. Like, that's definitely not a game that there's definitely not gonna be a championship game on like a Tuesday or something. So, I think it's another camp that means nothing. Yeah, just get the kids some reps, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's big for scouts. Traverse City's cool. I mean, gets the Red Wings people up there, like. Actually, no, the business department must be paying a lot for the hotel fees for those two weeks then. Yeah. Tough. Tough. I'm sure. Uh, they... What's that? I'm sure they can afford it, though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, making, a, I'm making a joke. I am yeah. um, actually curious to see Sebastian Cosa because it kind of seems I read something that the Oil Kings are kind of prepping to be without him next year. Interesting. So what does that mean? Also, if we look at his pads, I'm not one to read into things, but he does not have the blue on his pads anymore. Those are just red pads. So I don't know. Are those pads he got for Canada? No, he was wearing the blue pads for Canada. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah those are fresh pads. So Maybe I mean, he's being traded. <laughs> I was gonna say Lethbridge. I was gonna say Lethbridge, but they're also blue in the yeah. WHL. Yeah, he's gonna play with the Sioux Greyhounds. <laughs> the Hounds, go Hounds! Yeah. Um, and then he's getting traded to Toronto because exactly. Kyle Dubas. 
just has a hard on for the Subarus. He does. He does. He loves them. Right as soon as the trade goes through to the Greyhounds, Kyle Dubas calls Steve. He's like, Marner for Cosa. <laughs> Make it happen now. Now. Fine. I'm not Fine. an insider, but there you go. <laughs> there, that's what's happening. Um, no, no, no. So, like, I think it's interesting with Cosa. Let's say he does end up going the pro route. You know, where is he slotting in? Because I don't like. Okonora is going to be the starter. Yeah, and him and Bradstrom are going to split. I don't, at this stage in his career, I don't think he's above Bradstrom right now. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm it's just hard like, to judge. Bradstrom put in a good string of games towards the end of the season in the A. He was kind of one of the reasons the Griffins were even watchable at the last well, couple they of weeks. were. He was brutal at the first start of the season. Oh, yeah. When he was getting games, um, when Pickard would just sit out a game. Or something that, like half the time Pickard would be going back in later in the game, <laughs> but Pickard towards put in the some end work. Pickard did put in some work towards the end of the season. Bradstrom was putting on some. I mean, that's when you saw the headstands and stuff, which was really cool. Like, yeah, I love that. Fun. I don't know that he would be playing in the AHL for Cosa. So that's Toledo then. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't know. Do you really want like, him playing the ECHL? That's my question. It kind of like that makes me want to read into or, the past more. Or is there an idea of possibly throwing a loan out to him? See, but you don't really see that with CHL guys. You no. don't see like guys like in that middle, like the mushy middle who were like could play pro, could go back to ju- usually just go back to junior. Yeah. This this to me, like, you know, this is a this is a call out. Reminds me of Jake Patterson situation where Holy he didn't shit. want to, yeah, like he they did like Saginaw didn't want to keep him because they didn't want to use that OA spot, and then like he had nowhere to go, so he ended up going to Toledo. Yeah, except like Edmonton would want to keep Kosa. It's yeah. not a difference. I don't know, like, and Kosa's not technically an overager. No, I know, but like. I, I get what you're saying. Like, the last time you can think of something like this. Yeah, it's like there, there's not really a spot for him to... I guess if you look at it in the term term of, like, competition, like, if Kosa can't beat out Bradstrom for the second string spot, then he doesn't, like, deserve to be, like, given an AHL spot. So then maybe they send him back to junior from there. So maybe that's how, like, it should be looked at. I don't know. Either way, like, again, like, if we look at it his season, like, as a whole, like... Go back to the regular season. He's kind of like the product of being on a good, like a really good team. It's harder for a goalie to kind of stay like stay warm when he's not facing that many shots, and he let in two goals on twenty shots. Your save percentage isn't going to look that great, right? Yeah. So it's definitely, you know, I, I, someone who hasn't watched him like so like too too much. It's hard to, for me to like judge whether or not he's ready or not. Uh, from like highlights and stuff. I mean, again, you can't really judge on highlights, but I mean, he does look like he's putting in the effort. And I know I watched his one game of the World Juniors, and he did have that crazy sequence where he almost uh, get a lot of crazy sequences. And yeah, to be fair, I did feel like he settled down the back half of that game, but the first half of the game was a ride. Yeah, he was shaking. Oh, well, he gives he gives me. <laughs> Uh, very vibes of a guy. Don't take, don't say. Andy really likes. I'm pretty sure. A big goalie that uh, will no longer be playing this year. I'm pretty sure. 
Mikey Smith. Oh, that much for just. Mike Smith, he's, he's got the dog in him, though. He's a, he's a kind of a beauty, but that's about it. I don't like him as a goalie. Oh, I, forgot, I couldn't remember. If, I thought I thought you really liked him or something. No, not really. I mean, like, I give gave credit to him. He was 41 or 42 years old and still putting the work in. But Is it bad that Kosa gives me Mike Smith vibes? Kind of. I mean, like he'll, he can, make, he can, he'll, he'll just make an incredible save and then just let in one of the worst goals ever. If he can have the career of Mike Smith, I think that's kind of a success. Yeah, I, I would agree. Mike if Smith we, was a great goalie for like ten years. Goalie. I just yeah. yeah. If we get like a Arizona, those three four years of playoff runs, Mike Smith. Even last he, year at Edmonton, for most of the year, he was pretty good. Yeah, it's just from dumb playmaking. Yeah, it's just a lot of dumb decisions that Mike Smith would make that I I don't want to see. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You know, I, li- I like a little cardiac here and there with my games. <laughs> Spice it up a little bit. A couple jammers once or yeah. twice. Yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong with that. I could do Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. I'm also curious, like, go to focus more on Edvinson. I am really excited to see how he does after, you know, not having an upset tummy for at the World Juniors and how he comes into a... I didn't like the way you said that. <laughs> he'd hurt tummy. <laughs> his tom his tummy was bothering him his tum tum hurt um <laughs> no but like again world junior like it's kind of hard to say you know there was reports that he was dealing with stomach issues and you know how much that affect his game his tum tum his tum tum um but no he's coming in fully healthy now and i'm curious to see how he compares to everyone else in the tournament grant's still dying <laughs> You can't hold it in, huh? Uh, no. So I saw Andy start dying. And then... <laughs> Look at this guy. Oh, uh, man. I didn't think I, th- I didn't think I get you guys that much for that. I was trying to be silly, but not that silly. I had to mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is peak off at, or, uh, off-season form right here. Oh, my God. No, but uh, Simon Edvinson. I, yeah. Also curious how he's going to run the power play. Me too. I guess, like I said earlier, that's not something we've really seen is Simon Edmondson quarterbacking a power play, let alone being on the power play. So um, opportunity is there for him. That's great. Again, like, I mean, we'll talk about it later in a little bit here, but I mean, what does this do for his preparation for main camp? Right. Yeah. It's just another, another good opportunity to warm up and push for that spot. Um, do we want to like, so I mean, I don't have anything else on training camp pre or uh, train, uh, prospect camp. Do we want to go NHL news first, like touch on some former Red Wings ending up in new places or kind of go right into, uh, questions heading into the new season? Let's do former Red Wings, new places. Former Red Wings. Oh, the one that hurt me the most was Dan DeKaiser on a PTO to <laughs> Vancouver. You took the words right out of my mouth. Man, so I found out from one of the guys at work. He's like, the Kaiser to Vancouver. I was like, what? I was like, okay, yeah, right. And he goes, no, seriously, <laughs> signed, signed in Vancouver. I was like, for how much? He goes, per diem packs. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, I wish I wish him the best. And if he's going to make a team that's going to be like somewhat competitive, I think Vancouver's probably the best spot for it. Vancouver's defense isn't good. 
Yeah, Dan DeKaiser can probably play that first role, first line defense there. I would think like him and Tyler Myers just tearing it up on the back end. Ooh, mobile. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. We could have the the best defensive pair. No, this would be one of the best defensive pairs in the NHL in 2015. OEL and DeKaiser. DeKaiser carries all the defensive load and OEL's straight offense. You can't tell me that would have been one of the best pairings in the NHL. Or you could do an all-Michigan pairing of Ooh. Quinn Hughes and Danny D. Western versus Ann Arbor. Yeah. Could be something. No, in all honesty, though, I wish Dan DeKaiser the best. I like Dan De- I like Dan DeKaiser the person, but it was just – it was time, and it was definitely the right decision to move on. I always joke about – I guess I've probably mentioned this a couple times to you guys, but I've always wanted to make a highlight package if I was really good at editing and like good at putting together like um, basically a montage of Dan DeKaiser's like his, it was going to be like with the song, thanks for the memories by is that imagine dragons call it boy. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) okay. But it was going to be, it was going to be Dan DeKaiser's like, it was gonna start with like him like scoring a like a nice goal in like overtime, and then the, it was just gonna cut to like his worst clips ever, and then you throw in like a couple of good ones here and there, and then I guess like him getting just completely toasted by Tyler Johnson or something like that. Ooh, that was bad that last year. That was <laughs> bad. I remember I remember spending like five minutes on that play on on the podcast after that game, being like, "How are you getting out, out muscled by five nine? Tyler Johnson. So, so if anyone's listening and wants to make a Dan DeKaiser highlight package, uh just by a uh, follow-up boy. Thank please you. Please do. Please do. Please, please do. Oh, Dragons. oh yeah. Or Imagine, Imagine Dragons. Yeah, make sure you look make make sure you add in Imagine Dragons because you're not gonna find the right song. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, no, but the one that actually hurt me the most was Sam Gagne to Winnipeg. Me too. One year, yeah. 750. It just I look at that and I'm like, we pay Adam Ernie 2.1 million. Yeah. And Sam Gagne brings so much more than Adam Ernie to an NHL lineup. And you also get the veteran presence and you great guy to throw out with 50 seconds left in the game to defend a lead. Hey, he's useful. Tough, tough one. He also had 31 points last year. Yeah. Great pick, great pickup by Winnipeg. Yeah, that is a good pickup. Good, I mean, good 750k, like good pickup for any team, really. Especially if the 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 rumors are true about Winnipeg and they have locker room issues, I feel like that's a really good pickup. Yeah, he's beloved in any locker room. I remember seeing like I saw Maple Leafs fans and Edmonton other fans clamoring for Gagne to be signed by their teams. Yeah, because it's uh, just, isn't Artaveras and uh, their best their best friends that aren't didn't they take over like the Marlboros? Marlboros, yeah. It also yeah. it also worked well because a lot of the guys that they had in their system years ago, he played on loan in the Marlies for the Marlies too. Okay. I feel like uh, he'd be yep. He's he's well known throughout some of the guys that have been there for a few years in the organization. That yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like guys like Justin Hole, like Pierre Engvall, I think would have been all guys that he would have played with. Yeah. To my knowledge. I'm just kind of guessing him. down a bit too. I'm trying to think of the year that Sam Gagne was I think it was twenty eighteen. He was playing there? 2017, 2018, something like that, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, Nylander would have been up and down, I believe, that year. Yeah. A little bit. I believe. If I, no, if no, I'm no, no. He was full-time, I think, at that point. Was he? That was the year. I a couple so. years 
here. So a couple of years before he was up and down. I was like 2015. Yeah. He was up and down. Yeah. But no, there's definitely still connection there. But no, Winnipeg definitely got a good dude. And I, I think the, I think there's more. Yeah, I think those rumors are true in terms of Winnipeg having not a good locker room. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Winnipeg is Winnipeg is a dumpster fire. Yeah. But hey, good luck, Sam Gagne. I appreciate you. Uh, also, Evgeny Sveshnikov to San Jose. I think this happened one like like the last time we recorded too. But I mean, he, he might make the team, which is cool. Yeah. Which is cool. Again, oh. I don't think anyone, anyone banking on his first round potential is going to be there. Yeah. yeah. I no. really don't see like why he wouldn't make the team in San Jose. Oh, they're bad. What do you mean they're sick? Did you yeah. see their new unis? Those are bad. Anyone well, says Logan Couture is going to be rocking them every yeah. night. He's going to be what do you, flying do you around. Guys, what do you guys around. think of those jerseys? I don't mind them. The jerseys, I don't mind. It's the teal pants. They're a little much. They're terrible. I hate them. But I like. I don't mind the jerseys. Like they're all right. Like you have teal as your team color. It's you know. It looks too light. Black, it looks too light. White. But it's it, the pants are what kind of throws me off. But like if they did like the all teal, like the kit, mm-hmm. for like you know the like one night a month or whatever, I wouldn't mind it. It's, it's something Is different. It, are you gonna be mad if I say I like the teal? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Like I think they're bad. What I liked is when they had like the rever- the first reverse retro and they had the gray. I love the gray. Yeah. The gray is like the- sweet with the old school logo that they have there. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I I mean I don't mind them like Yeah. Like I said, the the whole teal like head to toe is a little much. Mm-hmm. You know, throwing a little bit different color, but I don't know. It's not. I uncommon. guess they have something, you know. Yeah. See, David... the, shark, the Shark Tank's just getting bumping with those. Yeah, all, all eight thousand fans. What? At the Shark Tank, all eight thousand fans. <laughs> I don't know. You guys ever watch a Sharks game? Nobody goes. Well, yeah, I guess not I recently. I hate that <laughs> camera angle they have in their rink. It's freaking ridiculous. Oh yeah, you can just see every little open seat. The angling sucks. Yeah, you're you're basically watching it from the ceiling. I remember watching the Red Wings versus the Sharks in January, and there was nobody at that game. It was all Red Wings fans. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm just thinking back to the good memories of like in the playoffs oh, yeah. when 2010, they, yeah, 2010 Sharks were well, not one even of the best like, teams. Like the game game seven against Vegas. That that game oh, yeah. was that's one of the most electric games of all time. Yeah, that game was don't don't care don't care. That game yeah. was ridiculous, and that place was bumping. I think like they might even like been on the earthquake earthquake scale like that place was booming they also ruined uh vegas's chances last year they did thomas bordolo yep i'm i forgot about that forgot about that one um little rivalry yeah a little bit nemesis a little bit but yeah it's like full pto season in the nhl i mean we, we talked about columbus a little bit ago i mean there's rumors of jake for getting a pto which that's a choice not only for his legal issues, but I mean, you look at his production; it's not that good. I don't know what the I don't know what the deal is there. I guess the rumor is it's going to be Calgary. Near Calgary yeah. PTO, which is interesting. interesting. The the rumors about Tyler Ennis going to the KHL. I don't know if you saw that. That was false. Yes, yeah. I did see that. Uh, not Danny Heatley had it first, though. Did he? 
Yeah, he tweeted, and then and then Elliot tweeted it, and he's like, "Elliot, come on." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, who's the true insider? Well, I mean, the, him and Ennis are buddies. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Pure. It's amazing. So he definitely like had that first, and it wasn't like him <laughs> like messing with that. That was that's so funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I suppose we can go into. Let's go into some questions. Uh, I mean, I have a list of questions. I know Grant had he was bouncing some over the weekend, but I guess I'll I'll kind of start with mine. And if any more kind of come out of it, we can just go off. We can bounce off as we go. But I mean, um, kind of what I have looking at like moving right now. I guess my biggest question is: Is Simon Edmondson going to make the team? I know I alluded to it with. We we're talking about the prospect tournament, but I think it's kind of my biggest question because I think that will truly ch- change the look of the Red Wings defense if he does or doesn't. Because if he doesn't, the Red Wings defense is kind of bland. If he does make it, there's a whole other element that can be added, and it's all of a sudden really exciting. Oh, I'll kind of. So if he doesn't make it, it could be bland, but that could mean there could be heavy room for improvement for like a couple of guys, right? You talk about Hironic and Lindstrom. Those are two guys I look at to possibly comp- improve there. But yes, uh, it doesn't have the fun aspect of a new guy coming in that everyone's super excited about. No. Um, I think that he's going to get every opportunity to make the team. Like what would you cap a would would you cap a percentage at to, for him to make the team versus not make the team? Yes. Right now, probably sixty five thirty five. Okay, I I was gonna say seventy thirty. So I'm, I'm I don't I don't I don't think it's crazy for no. him not to make the team. Essentially, yeah, no. That's literally what I was gonna say. Like word for word, pretty much it was seventy thirty. Like I say, like are his chances. And they're giving him every opportunity to make the squad. It's really in his own hands and his own performance. Yeah, again, again, Eisman alluded to it when we talked when he talked after the free agent frenzy. He said, "Like he, Simon looks like he he looks a lot bigger than I thought he would, and so he's not so much worried about um, his size at the NHL level, like being too thin. He's more so worried about at the pace. And if he can prove he can play at the pace, then he'll be on the team." Yeah, I guess worst case scenario, he goes and plays in the AHL. Oh no, Boo-hoo. Yeah, right, right. The AHL is that much more fun. Yeah, and he's also right there to call up anytime. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm just thinking like a an opening night lineup of Jordan Osterley on the bottom pairing. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. Yeah, I'm not watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'll, I'll I'll turn the the game off until Osterley gets back on the ice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'll peek, I'll peek in and out. Yeah. Uh, my next one, Jacob Verona breakout season. Last year, we kind of got robbed from it, I feel like. It was looking like it was going to be. He shows up late to camp, and then 10 minutes in, he you know tears his shoulder. Tail old his time. Um, in 37 games in his career with the Red Wings, he has scored. Is, it tw- is he up to 21 goals? Or is it tw- no, 21 goals, I think. I think it's 21. Yeah. In 37 games. 
it's a lot. It's a lot. Obviously, that pace is kind of ridiculous, but maybe he can. I, I think he's the 35 guy if he's fully healthy and he's playing in the right situation. I think he's the 35 goal guy. Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. I don't know if I buy into it that much, though. No? No. I think he's a, I think he's a pretty streaky goal scorer. I think I think 30 30 is my kind of area that I'll stay at. It I guess it all depends on deployment and there's a lot of questions with Jacob Verona's game to be honest with you. And we haven't really had them ever answered. We've had him for two seasons already basically. And only only 37 games. Only yeah. 37 games. Exactly. Nothing's answered. Yeah. Um, my biggest questions are how can he produce against top line talent playing on a top line? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all talked about like his five on five goal scoring is a ridiculous rate, but he also was playing nine to 10 minutes a night against third liners in Washington and then he kind of got the same treatment, a little bit more ice time, but he was playing against third liners in Detroit, and he was getting a lot of puck touches. Yeah. How does it differ from when he's not getting as much puck touches on a top line where he's playing against top line talent every night? Like, let's say he's going against Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. What does his game look like then? Yeah, that's a good point. No, definitely. Um, yeah, like what I like listening to his 32 thoughts interview, which, by the way, was hilarious. I recommend anyone going back to listen to that. It, I, it was it was fantastic. He was is so such a funny, funny human being. He was I loved the bit about him being the only forward or the only team guy on the team living in downtown Detroit. Yeah, and just it's only because he wants to just roll out of bed and go. Awesome. I loved every second of that. Um, but no, like the way like Jeff was kind of talking, it almost seemed like they had a conversation prior of like who he was going to play with. And it's either like they talked a lot about Andrew Kopp or Dylan Larkin playing with. And then the way Jacob Rana lit up when Jeff asked him about Dylan Larkin and how he got a huge <laughs> smile on his face. I guess that's awesome. That's what you want to hear about your captain. Right. And then possibly, I mean, you think about it. Like I, I think about that Philly game towards the back half of the year. And he was playing. Uh, he was playing on a line with Bertuzzi and Larkin, and had two goals that game. Remember the one that Bertuzzi threw it in front? It was like a weird, like lob, like it was almost like a rainbow shot that went over Carter Hart's shoulder. Yeah. And then it was the six setup <clears throat> where um, Larkin drove the zone, and then waited it out and and uh, set him up for a one timer. That goal was nice too. Sorry, I'm looking up right. I'm trying to look up. Here we go. This is what I wanted. Because Grant talked about um, Verona's goals in more of a depth role. So I pulled up his most common line mates last year. So his most common line was Sam Gagne and Joe Valeno and Jacob Verona. They played 73 minutes together. Um, Their goals for and goals against. One goal for, six goals against. So not good. But second most common line. Verona, Suter, Zadina. Five goals for, one goal against. And we've talked about this. We, we talked about this a couple, I think, a couple, yeah, a couple episodes ago with splitting up, splitting up some of the wealth 
and putting Jacob Rana and keeping him in a third line role and keeping him with Zadina and seeing how it does for both of them. And also Detroit scoring in general of giving them three good scoring lines. Yeah. That's kind of what I was like going back to your initial question. Like he has better players to play with this year. So we have more options. Like if he is, I want to say buried, but put on the third line. Like, I feel like they're still going to be good. And also like new coaching too. Like that. Yep. That's a big thing. Cause who knows how Lalone's going to deploy everyone, but like he came from a system where you use all four lines, like literally their two cups to the third line was their best line throughout the playoffs. Right. So they use all four lines and just different touches and scenarios, but like you're playing with better players that move the puck. Well, depends who he's put with and like their chemistry, but overall, I think we have a deeper forward core than we've seen in the last five, four or five years. Oh, definitely. Least. Definitely. At, yeah. at least, right. Like, so it's comes down to a couple different factors, but I think 30 goal mark like would be not like expected, but like, that'd be a good season for him. Yeah. That's definitely like 30 and anything, anything above like 20, I don't know why 27 came in line, but 27 would be like a solid year for him. Cause it really depends on his usage and his ice time. And like he, he, like Grant said, he is streaky. So, you know, I feel like Lalone might be like a, if you're going tonight, you're playing, you're going to get your touches. But if you're, if you're kind of flat tonight, somebody else is filling in. Yeah. More so like flexing them up and down the lineup, like mixing yeah. in it, mixing in different lines. I agree. I agree with that. And that's not just with him. That's with pretty much anyone. Yeah. Right. That's with anyone. Like now we have options. Ex- exactly. We have those options to use like in those scenarios where, somebody goes down or just have an off game. All right. Well, your ice time is getting cut from 17 to 13 tonight. And the guy who has been playing 12 every night is gets up to 15, you know, he's yeah. playing well, which is never a bad problem to have. It's, Absolutely. No. You know, um, I'm, I'm still digging on that page of lines that Verona was on the, the two perfect lines and they're both like total opposite. So you can make the arc, you can make your, arguments from either direction of him playing higher in the lineup or lower in the lineup. But uh, Jacob Rana, Michael Rasmussen, Philip Zadina, three goals for zero goals against granted. It was only 26 minutes of ice time together. Uh, but then Jacob Rana, Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, three goals for zero against 12 minutes of ice time. So it's kind of like he's got sample size of playing well with the top guys and also playing with guys who are, have been middle six guys. So it's kind of like you got options and I'm really curious to see what direction he takes. Cause I can, I can make an argument for either him playing higher or lower. Right. Cause Grant, like Grant said, he's never really proven to score against the top lines in the NHL. And he's been good in depth roles in Detroit. Yeah. And his, it depends on like, if you want an all offensive line, well, I guess the like Bertuzzi gets back, plays defense when he wants, but Larkin's always back. It yeah. depends who you want to pair him with. Like, if you, like, for some reason, like, Kubelik and him together would not be a good idea at all for defensively, but offensive no. could, be, could be fun, <laughs> you know? It's also the perfect segue because I really want, I want to talk about Kubelik next. Oh, and I feel like people are forgetting how good Dominic Kubelik was, like, offensively. He had one really, he had one down year, but 
if you go from a point pace perspective, his first two seasons in the NHL, he was at a 55 point, 55 point pace. Pretty damn good. Yeah. Pretty damn good. Obviously his rookie season was crazy goal scoring wise, like on pace to score a lot of goals, but even his second season, like you look at it, you're like, Oh, 17 goals. That's not that much. He was still on, he's still on pace for 55 points last year. He was on Chicago. They were bad. And if I go back to like the line tool, um, his most common line mates uh, were two players who also really struggled, which was Philip Kurashev and Kirby Doc. Those were his two two most common line mates. One got traded. One was a top three pick and got traded at the draft. And the other one got re-upped for 750 grand. So probably not the best line mates for a guy who once scored 30 goals. No, not much to work. I mean, yeah, not much to work with especially last year and it's just knowing what kind of player he is he's not a line driver at all not even a little bit he's a perimeter player who has a a, he can score from literally anywhere yeah and he has great breakaway speed yes Mm -hmm. for for being a big guy he's good at puck protection in the open ice and he can score like like he he can get a step on you i i don't know there's guys like i guess we haven't really seen it in years past until up until i guess since verona came just the ability to create breakaways verona is incredible at creating breakaways and so is kubalik yep um so that's one thing i'm very interested to see because and he's he's a good finisher very good and if we want to play the style that lolone wants to play that he's he's preached in his interviews of limiting defense like uh like limiting mistakes uh, it's not the the exact word he used i can't remember exactly what the the exact wording he used but basically like trying to minimize any chances of mistakes that are happening you need a guy if you're gonna play tighter defensively you need guys who are gonna score they can score a goal off one shot in a game no that split second yeah yep if you yeah. just need like if we, we've looked at jacob verona who can do that like he'll he not he doesn't take a lot of shots, but his shooting percentage obviously his shooting percentage is really high. But he gets that one break and he scores. I think I grant. I think that the game. In, I think that the game where, where we were at the two goals he scored against Columbus. Yeah. He gets a step on Gavrikov and gets the breakaway and goes in. And then also the second one, he's literally right off the face off. He turns. He just doesn't even look at the net. He turns and shoots and scores. Yeah, quick release. Dominic Kubalik is similar to that. Similar, yeah. similar, like in the sense of creating chances and scoring. He's um, more like he's more like less afraid to shoot the puck. I feel like he, he's fired from all angles sometimes. He's a guy I'm kind of curious if the Red Wings like are like, okay, you're gonna play a third line role, but also you're gonna play first power play. Right. Yeah. Know. He's kind of like the guy like him and Verona. I'm like, I'm kind of flipping them between two different lines. I feel like and the rest top. of I feel like the rest of the top six. I'm like I'm pretty confident they're gonna be in the top six, but it's kind of like if you want to spread the wealth, put Veron on the third line and you go Kubalik with Cop. Yeah, we'll see though. I, I think I think Kubalik. I don't know if he's a 55 point guy in Detroit. I'm not gonna, you know. Obviously, I'd, I'd love that, but like I mean, if he's a tw- if he's a 20, like if, can he hit 25 goals? Maybe. Hell, even even out of if say you have him playing third line, 20. 20. Goals. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's kind of like, especially if you have a bunch of a handful of 20 goal scorers, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Like, really solid. 
you don't have to have one guy scoring all the goals or two guys scoring all the goals. Like if you have, which on this team, like face value, looking at it, we have a couple guys that can in the lower end of the like middle six that can score all to score 20 or 20 goals or so. Yeah, definitely. Like we had, yeah, obviously Verona, Kubalik. I mean, you look at Zadina, can he do that? Right. Rasmussen had a hot, hot end of the year. Right. Depending on usage and all that fun stuff. Uh, Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot more potential in the bottom six, I should say, than years past. Uh, I want to move into our biggest free agency signing from the summer, Andrew Kopp. Um, How will he handle a full year at center? And at the second line center? Because, I mean, you look back through his career, you were like, all right, he's been a pretty productive guy the past couple of years. He's never really been a center, though. No, not really. How confident are you guys in Andrew Kopp as the second line center? I wouldn't say super confident, but he's the best option. My other question for you is, does Andrew Kopp spend a full season at center? <laughs> right. See, okay, how do I how do I answer that? My kind of answer to that is if he doesn't, then things ended up pretty well for Detroit. Because I feel a Michael Rasmussen or Joe Valeno took a big step. Or both. Or Fabry, or Fabry came back in flying. <laughs> I don't think Fabry's be in second line center. I hope not. No, but like <laughs> somebody, somebody moves up too, right? I mean, like- yeah, yeah, right. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Or Pew Suter has just gone off. I don't know. Uh, no. I think a lot like I don't think it'd be more or so Damian not... Bruner comes back or something. I don't know. He wasn't a center though. I know, but still maybe he switches positions. We get his center. We get his actual center, Joachim Anderson. Yeah, maybe. And bring uh, down the line. Yeah, so that's kind of my answer is like if if Cop does end up on the wing, I think it was more so that prospects ended up playing really well. Not prospects, young players started playing really well at center. And I would feel better about that. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with Andrew Kopp playing the wing because I think he is a, he is a top six winger. The question is, is he a top six center? Yeah. Yeah. He, that's a, like, I mean, it's not a bad option to start the season off with and give him a shot. Who knows? Maybe he catches fire, but like, I'm skeptic about it for sure. I hope he yeah. doesn't catch on fire. That would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the insurance payment would be on that, but. Yeah. Um, no, and I kind of want to like mold my next one into this is part of it. But um, yeah, like if you kind of feel that Andrew Kopp, he's played his best when he's playing with highly skilled players. And I'm really curious to see if Lucas Raymond can carry his own line in year two. And I kind of feel like if you drop Raymond down a line, you put him with Kopp. What does that do? Raymond, Kopp, Verona. That'd be really fun. Bertuzzi, Perron, Larks. I kind of like the idea of Bertuzzi down with Cop and Raymond. Maybe. And then you go Perron, Larkin, and question mark. Go Kubelik. You can go Verana. Go Zadina. I don't know. You open up a lot of possibilities, definitely. Andy, but, um, maybe. maybe. Yeah, Dylan Anderson. <laughs> Dylan Anderson. That's true. He That's signed a PTO. He's got a big yeah. men's league game tonight, so yeah, he does. He could he could he's he's training. He's training. Lots of lots of scouties there. Lots yeah. of scouts. Um, no, I just like I think 
Andrew Kopp needs those highly skilled players. I mean, you look, he played with Mark Shifley, produced pretty well with Mark Shifley. Played also with, I think it was Nick Ehlers was the other guy he played with that was like his other common Nick line. Ehlers is okay. He's decent. He's one of my you, favorite players to watch. I, I love Nick, Nikolai Ehlers. is so good. Um, then you go to New York and it's, you know, this bum named Artemi Panarin. Yeah, he's not even that good. No, not even that good. And Andrew Kopp was literally a point per game player in New York. 32 yeah. points in 36 games. So I don't think I don't think he's repeating that in Detroit. But I mean, if Andrew Kopp is a 45, 50, 50 point center, who's also really good defensively and takes some of the load off Dylan Larkin's shoulders, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I, I think that's a success. That's my goal for Andrew Kopp. I think he can do that. It's just like, again, putting him in the right situation with wingers. And I kind of alluded to with Lucas Raymond year two. I, w- I want to see his production stay similar and get better. Like obviously, if he's like a fifty, he's a fifty between like the 55, 70 point range. Again, really successful year for him. But I also kind of want to see him take that next step on his own. He was a fourth yeah. overall pick. He was helped. He was helped big time. I mean, granted, he did help Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi as well. But his his rookie year was a lot easier than a lot of other top rookies who didn't get to play with the top guys. Yeah, he was given every opportunity. He made the most of it. If yeah, he doesn't yeah. have 40 goals this year, I'm mad. <laughs> Lucas like, Raymond had 40 goals. If I can go 40 and 60, I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> Century Club or bust. If he's I not tie five in the league in points, I'm pissed. We start, we throw, we start throwing around the B word. Bust. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, again, like, I think, like, I think we know Lucas Raymond's going to be a top six, if not first line. Like, top six for sure, first line forward in the NHL. But... I want to see him be an elite first line forward. I think that first step is playing on your own line. Yeah. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad if he starts the year with Larkin and Bertuzzi. Cause I'm like, great. That's an awesome line. Yeah. But I would like to be, I would like to experiment with him being on, a, on the second line with Andrew Cobb. Javon or Ernie and Rasmussen. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh some burners. Plan your own line. Learn how to do it. Kid. Yeah, hell yeah. You literally play on your own line. <laughs> and also, I'd like um, Raymond to take tips from Perron on becoming an yeah. elite power play threat. Yeah. Because David Perron is disgusting on the power play. He's so good. I'm I'm so excited to watch David Perron play Man. for the Red Wings. I, I, I keep seeing I keep I keep seeing things on Twitter about David Perron like getting moved down to the third line and I'm like no 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 he, yeah. I think he's gonna play on the first line. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. Play on the first line and see Lewis. Yeah that's that that was, like, they had they had nine 20 goals 20, 20, 20 goals plus score. Yeah yeah he's ridiculous David Perron he had 57 points in 67 games yeah he's a good player and he's a good player he's a very good player and stop I'm not this number he wears. He's superstitious. Yeah, he is superstitious. Had, That's where he stops. Yeah. That's where he stops. No, all I'm saying is when the, the, the production line podcast fantasy hockey uh start the draft starts up, David Perron is high on my list. In terms of draft, in terms of Red Wings. I actually hate David Perron because he was like just so sneaky good and he had terrible style. <laughs> he, has, he has terrible style, let's be honest. But like he was just so sneaky good and like I don't know. You just I'm excited for the I'm excited for the tin, the two tinted visors in Detroit next year with Perron and Cop. Yeah, we need, we need Stolly back. Yeah, 
We need we need Stall back. We get the we and we put Stall at four. We trade for OV. Raymond for OV one for one. Because Raymond's a bust. Zadina. <laughs> Zadina. Yeah, we can throw Zadina in there too. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a one. We'll throw in Eddie just for good measure. Yeah, I'll definitely we'll do it. Pay for our next game. Um, moving on, let's go to Cider's second year. What is a successful year for Cider's second year? What does he need to do? Eighty points. <laughs> um, I think if he can develop into a good penalty killer and keep similar production and just stay the course similar and a little bit better production. I, my biggest key on him is penalty killing. I agree hundred percent. I guess five on five defense was really good. It's five on five offensive play again. Great power play. He was good. He was probably the Red Wings best power play guy last year. Yeah. So which was which was the most consistently, shock. yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, again, I, I agree with that fully. Like penalty kill is my biggest thing. I'm excited for Bob Bugner to work with him. Me too. Bob Boogs. The Booger Boogie Man. Pharmacy. He's not he's not the he's not the boogeyman, though. I shouldn't say that. It was Derek Bugard. It's not <laughs> me. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Cider to keep up the same pace offensively. I think it's a big goal. For, like, I think it's a big goal for him. I would, uh, if he's tickling the 60 point mark, that's my goal. Tickling? Tickling. Like if he gets like 58 points, you know, I'm like, that's good. Like a little, I'm just little trying to get Grant to crack on. I'm trying to get Grant to crack on the podcast and it's working. A little brush in the back of the neck on a chilly day. Yeah. A little, little... <laughs> I didn't like that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, hey, Kale McCarr did say Moritz Sider is one of his favorite defensemen to watch the NHL right now, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, the first and second best defenseman in the league, right there. Tweet that. Put that already, in that. Already yeah, did. Car being second on that list, right? What's that? Yeah, McCarr. Yeah, yeah McCarr is second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> McCarr, that bum. Um, yeah. What is he best league? Yes. So I, I'm. Yeah, both are both. Their second seasons are big for Detroit this year. Big for Detroit. Um, let's see. What am I moving to next? What am I moving to next? Sorry, I'm going through. I I wrote by the way. These all these questions are from my article that I published today, and it's well, it's two thousand words. It's, it's hefty. Stick and I cut up. Yeah, thank you. I put in a lot of time to that. It took me like well over a week to write this because I kept cutting out questions and cutting in questions. Um, yes, my favorite question, my favorite question, like one of my, like, unironically, this was like the question I wanted to like die a hill, die on a hill on. And I spent a lot of time on this one. Um, third line center, who's going to be it. It's like such an inconsequential question, but like, I'm actually kind of excited to see who is the third line center opening night. I have a really hot take on the third line center. Cause I feel like the easy answer in most people's eyes is Pew Suter. See, that's where you go wrong in my books. I think Chase Pearson's going to take that next step this year. <laughs> oh, funny. No, my actual like semi hot take is Michael Rasmussen is uh, game one, third line center. Yeah, that's kind of where. Uh, that's that's the only like the only other guy I could see being there besides Suter. Really. Yeah, I mean, it's the other guy I have in the conversation is Valeno. He'd have to, he'd have, to have a really big camp. And I mean, he has the 
he's shown potential, but also he's kind of struggled in the NHL level. But I mean, he's also been playing with guys who aren't that good. I would say he's struggled. He's never stuck out in a bad way. No, I'll die. This is my I'll die on a hill for Joe Blano not stinking in the NHL. His stat line's not good, right? But yeah, that's like you said, that's him playing with Giovanni Smith. Um, but yeah, oh man, Giovanni Smith, I love he, you, but he's if he's on the roster, I'm gonna be really surprised. There are multiple games where I thought Joe Valeno looked like one of the best players on the ice playing nine minutes a night, and then there were other games you just didn't notice him. Yeah. Which, oh, well, I didn't notice him when he was playing on a line with Giovanni Smith. <laughs> and he yeah, didn't right. stick out. Like, he didn't stick out his thumb. Like, he wasn't exactly. an, was an eyesore. That's another right. sentence I can make. The, I got another word for that. It's, he wasn't a dandekaiser. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wasn't an Adam Ernie. Yeah. Ooh. Better one. Um, no, but, like, kind of back to my point on Michael Rasmussen. It's nothing that Pew Suter has done. I think Pew Suter is still a very good player. 30, he had 36 points. He played played all 82. Um, I thought he was really like Pew Suter is was one of Detroit's best penalty killers on offense last year. That's not really much up for debate. But Michael Rasmussen had a really great end of the season, especially in April. And mixing in his size, it's that's hard for not, for a new coach to not be like a 23 year old guy who's 6'6, 230 pounds. Yeah, you can play third line center. <laughs> I don't know. That's just kind of my thought process. And it's not like I'm saying like he's going to be given the spot. I think he, I think he's earned it, but I'm just, that's, that's why I'm looking at right now. And right now I think Michael Rasmussen is my guy at third line center. I don't know if you, we shall see. I, I guess I don't really have an opinion on that right now. I yeah. think it's going to be Suter at this point in time, but we'll see. Yeah. I, Definitely. I, I like the points you bring, bring up about it and there's a great possibility I just – I see Suter just still being there. Yeah. Yeah. With the, uh, with, with the relation to Ryan and stuff, he's got good hockey blood. That's right. Yeah, Bob Suter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I got a couple questions left, and then maybe we can think of a couple more and, yeah, kind of go from there. Um, how much will Detroit's defense improve under a little owned? Obviously a hard one to answer right now, but I mean, you look back to history of what he's done and also two assistant coaches he brought in this year in Jay Verarity, Verarity and um, Bob Bugner. Even though Bob, I should, I should say Bob Bugner's not an assistant coach. He's an associate coach. I mean, you look at Lalonde, we go from just a straight up goals, goals against, right? So Detroit 31st in the league last year, 310 goals against. You go to loaned. Tampa Bay never finished with on like he never they never finished out of the top ten in terms of like giving up the least amount of goals in the NHL. Yeah, that's just uh, to me that's a tough one to answer when he's not been a head coach, right? Yeah, but he was tasked to do the he was helped brought to bring in and rein in Tampa Bay's defensive game. Yes, um, also his pieces were a lot different in Tampa Bay. I I agree hundred percent. I'm not saying that. Detroit's defense and goals against is going to go up to top 10. I'm just saying, yeah, looking historically, we can kind of expect like teams gonna be a little bit tighter defensively. I would say so, but like I, I, I'm still, it's hard to judge before he's in those shoes. I just keep going back. Uh, you have the best goalie in the world and the second best defenseman in the world on your team. 
And who, who was the first best at the, at the time? Yeah, little loan took over. That's true. Yeah, I get it completely, hundred percent. But now it's Moritz Sider, who so he does have the best defenseman in the world. So yeah, yeah. that's true. Best defenseman, the best defenseman. I guess he's hopping ship and best goalie, best two goalies in the world. Yeah, one and two. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Granted, they haven't played very many games, but <laughs> <laughs> they com- they played a combined fifty games total. So but yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, not if Kosa steps in. He does have red pads, so I'd assume he's making the big club this year. Ah, uh, it's true. There we go. Kosa, Kosa starter. He's a third best goalie in the world. Ned's 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 in the AHL. Yeah, <laughs> tough. Um, but no, also like Bob Bugner is also a huge ad. Bob Bugner is like you would think the Sharks. You're like okay, they picked like well, I mean they traded they traded down in the draft, but they had the eleventh overall pick. That was a really good trade. <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, Arizona didn't do anything with the picks, so it's fine. Uh, we had to get Connor Geeky. <laughs> um, anyway, no, back back to yeah, San Jose. You're like, you think about them, you're like, they probably don't have a good penalty kill. Uh San Jose's penalty kill was second. NHL, 85%. That's yeah, that's that's high. And big part of it was Bob Bugner. And Eric Carlson. <laughs> Stop it! Sorry, I'm I'm full of jokes tonight. Yeah, me too. You're silly. Upset, upset, tum tum. Yeah, <laughs> y'all just being silly. I'm just being silly. Um, but then again, the other guy brought in that I mentioned, Jay Verarity, um, which was a surprise because Detroit hasn't had three assistants on the bench in a long time. Uh, Jay Verarity, he's only he was only assistant coach for one season in Arizona because he kind of bounced from being the head coach and um, I almost called him Topeka for some reason. I don't know why. I'm thinking the Nall, the old Nall team grant, the Topeka Roadrunners. <laughs> What's the Tucson Roadrunners? Yeah. Grant's dying. <laughs> you good? I'm sorry. You you muted? Did you mute yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, don't know. I just read something. I'll I'll show you later. Okay. All right. So it wasn't me messing up Topeka and t- Tucson. No. I thought I thought you were laughing at my stuff. I'm sorry. I feel I feel a lot worse about myself now. <laughs> oh. no, stop it! Stop it! Why did you send that? <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. All right, back to podcasting. Whew. Three, two, one. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, Jay Verarity, only one season in the NHL as assistant coach. That was 2020-21. And the Coyotes were eleventh in the NHL. Also not a good team. So I know Lalone's kind of preached about being a the coaching styles is going to be as a group and special teams will be handled as as a group versus just like one guy being the specialist. So I'm excited to see what the change is there. Yeah, and I know you kind of mentioned having three associate coaches earlier, but I do think a big reason of it is it being his first year as a head coach right it's a lot to help back there and especially experienced help also i kind of feel like bob bugner is not going to be here that long probably not he'll get another head head job sometime yeah which is fine i mean i, I think it's i think it's valuable experience for jay verarity who's a young guy who's an yeah. assistant coach Derek lalone who's first time nhl coach alex tangay also fresh to the bench and also the young players coming in establish a culture. And then Bob Booger has done his job and 
can go find other work. Right, I'm excited about his farce around. Bob Ugner? Well, he's going to Toronto. He's replacing yeah. Shelton Keefe whenever that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. I just called it for you. I'm, cl- I'm literally – no, I called it first. Uh, I'm clipping it. Dips. I'm clipping it. Dips, dips, <laughs> dips. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but, yeah, no, that's a, a big question. But the biggest question, though, and I left it for last on purpose, and this will be the biggest question until it something changes, but Larkin and Bertuzzi extensions. That's going to be, it's going to be just like Philip Forsberg last year, Thomas Hurdle for most of the year. Like last year, it's, it's going to be the same thing of when are they going to sign? Are they going to sign? How much are they going to sign for? Should they sign? Et cetera, et cetera. And then every other team in the NHL being like, oh, Dylan Larkin will be a great second line center. Shut up. I hate you. I, I think they should let Larkin and Bertuzzi both walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, with your hot take of Andrew Kopp being moved to the wing at some point, we have first line, first line of who? First line center of who? Joe Valeno. Uh, okay. Second line, Michael Rasmussen and Hugh Suter, this great third line center that we always talk about. That's true. Finally, we got one person in place. Finally, and that this is when Chase Pearson breaks out. <laughs> and he's <laughs> losing it. Oh, I remember. I was so I was listening to that, that podcast I referenced at the beginning where I was talking about like us like with our bad takes. One that was super funny to me is like we Grant and I both mentioned Chase Pearson like maybe getting a look in like as like a thirteenth forward. And Andy's like didn't even mention him, and we we're like, wow, the Chase Pearson disrespect. So Andy's been a Chase Pearson hater from the start. <laughs> oh, I, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you have against him, but we don't we don't respect it. Hey, he almost scored last year. He did almost score last year. He also was averaging six minutes a night, but that's besides the point. What what I have against him is his name's Chase, and Chase Talaire, it was mean to me the other day. So Ooh. Pretty- Ooh. He listens to this. He's going to hear this. He's being called out. He wasn't mean. I just felt like picking on him because he Snapchat at me just now. Tell me he smells bad. Yeah. Yeah, tell me okay. that. He, yeah. Also, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins are old, Chase yeah. Talaire. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm coming for you, Chase Talaire watching you uh but yeah back to larkin and bertuzzi definitely i think i think larkin's happening i'm not worried about larkin at all and honestly i don't think i'm worried about bertuzzi at all at this point i don't think so either i think it's they're they're not just gonna let him walk to free agency no also they would have they're losing value by the day by not trading tyler bertuzzi because you're you're leaving less room without him signed exactly Unless they're negotiating a sign and trade, which is pretty rare. And I mean, Hampus Lindholm did it last year, but again, that's that's a lot of work to do. And Eisman did say that his goal was to in the next over the next eighteen months sign Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin. And there was reports that they were working towards an extension with Larkin earlier this summer, and it was somewhat close. But there has been some recent signings of a certain a certain young center in Buffalo, and then Tim Stutzla as well that probably cranked up Larkin's price. Yeah, after the JT Miller one did probably some good. <laughs> yeah, the JT Miller one worked out in our favor, so good good for JT Miller. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can go into, yeah, Bertuzzi. Like, again, I don't know what I'm comfortable with on a Bertuzzi deal. I don't think any more than, like, six years. Yeah, I'm going five to six years. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, I was going to say, good. like, anywhere, like, between four to five for, like, seven and a half. Yeah, like I'd I'd be willing if he's if he's willing to sign for four, I'd I'd pay him higher higher AAV, hundred percent. Yeah, 
similar to like I, like I would pay them like like Andrew Cop's contract, like add on a, like a million, a million and a half, and I'm I'm good. Yeah, kind of how I look at it, because they're basically the same age. Yeah. Basically the same age. I mean, it will be once Pertuzzi's resigning to be 28 when he's on like unrestricted. So again, tough tough negotiation in the past for Bertuzzi, but I mean Bertuzzi came out towards the trade right before the trade deadline. He's like, I want to be a Red Wing. So you, you kind of take his you know, take him at his word, right? Yeah. Kind of happened. He, he also had a great year last year. 62.68 games. It's a great season. Yeah. 30 goals. 30 goals, not a big deal. It doesn't guy happen need... much in Detroit. <laughs> Remember how happen. hard he was trying for that 30th goal? Oh, my God. That game time. that game was so much fun to watch for so many reasons. Like, Michael Rasmussen scored a minute in the game on, a, like, a sweet, like, fadeaway snipe. Pugh Suter had a goal that was, like, like called, called the goal at commercial. Moritz, yeah. Moritz Sider scored his 50th, 50th point in that game. There's a lot going on in that game. Magnus Helberg won. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Where did he end up? Seattle. Nice. He's going to be a fourth-string goalie because they have Joey Decord. Uh, they have Chris Dreger. They have Philip Grubauer. Chris Dreger is going to be out for most of the year. But then they also signed um, Max – not Max Jones. Uh, Martin Jones. Oh, My yeah. favorite part about that whole situation with Helberg is how he said he didn't want to be – or he was asked about when he was in Detroit if he would sign in the AHL. Or something like that, and he laughed at the comment and said something about. I'm yeah. going to play. He's, I'm not going to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. He was like, it was kind of like almost like it was beneath him. Yeah, and he's like now on paper, he's like the fourth string. So congrats. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple questions that like didn't make my article simply for like I was hitting like the word count pretty bad, and I'm like I I don't care about these questions as much. And the the first one is like I've kind of exhausted this one a lot this summer. I think we all have, but. Bounce backs for, for Heronic and Zadina. I think like for Detroit to be a like playoff team, I think that like it doesn't happen without those players playing up to their potential. I disagree. Really? I think one of them. I think it has to be Heronic. Um, I don't think Zadina matters to be wow. a playoff team if he doesn't wow. bounce back. I think he is a fine middle six player to bottom six player where he's at right now. And he can be just kind of a along for the ride type player that is on a cheap contract. If, if in my scenario of if they were a team in the play to make the playoffs, he's fine. Right. Okay. I see what you mean. I'm saying Phil Peronic needs to be a good Phil Peronic, not the bad one that we see almost every night. 1920 Phil Peronic. Yes. And limit in, in not the same amount of ice time. No, 20 minutes a night. Yes. Not. 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In no, no way, shape, or form do I want to see Phil Pronick on the ice for 26 minutes a night. No. And also, he's going to be going back to likely, he's going to go back to QBing a power play, unless the Edmondson QBing power play is kind of a practice run. Right? Maybe. Peronick will still be in the power play. He's very good in the power play. He's a bomb of a shot. You know, I am very curious. I, I just want him to be, I want him to be respectable in his own end. And be better offensively because offensively last year, like he was shooting from weird places. It, well, he didn't look particularly good in most games. Scored I think like, goal. huh? Did he not score on a goalie last year? No, it was the year before. 
Oh, right. right. Last year he did score. He scored five goals last year. Yeah, I was about to say, did he not score on a goalie last year? Like, did he? no, he scored all of his goals were against goalies last year. Yeah, last year. That's, what was, that's what I was like. Okay, was. excuse me. Yeah. I thought we were talking about 2020, 2021, where he scored both no. of his goals on empty nets. No, no, and still led the team in points. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Please, thank you. Um, no, Philip Adam Ernie led the team in goals. Again, don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. Um, Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. I was also listening to our takes on Adam Ernie too, and I was like, oof. In the last pod, the the old podcast I was listening to. We, I think, we had a comment about Adam Ernie possibly playing first unit power play. Well, because that that year coming off that year, he was like decent. Yeah, like, we were talking about him being the best. We have to there. stick it on the bumper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else are we putting there? And Adam Ernie just led the team in goals. So what else are we supposed to say? Yeah, Adam Ernie supremacy, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I I like your point on Heronic though. I think he's the more important player to Detroit right now. Yeah. When you look, when you square up defensive depth versus offensive depth. Because besides, like, after Moritz Sider, if, if Simon Edmondson doesn't, like, again, it's pretty unreal. It's not fair to a 19-year-old to be like, all right, be very, very good in the NHL right away. But if he's not there, we have Ben Chirot, who I think will be an improvement. Like, it will be a good partner for Sider. But, again, you can't expect him to be number two defenseman. I don't think that's fair. I think that no, needs to be Philip Peronic still. Yeah. Uh, he's number two, again, like, one-two pairing, but I think, like, our – Second, like quotations, horse should be Heronic. Uh, yeah, that's my biggest worry. Then, like we yeah. were talking about second defenseman, Heronic wasn't even the second defenseman last year on the team. Right. I mean, depending on the, when we had Nick Letty, no, but when we didn't have Nick Letty, we yes. had Nick Letty the majority of the season, and Heronic right. was not good at the end of the season or the start of the season. Uh, no, I would say in the beginning of the season, right after, right after he came back from a scratch. He's pretty good. The first I would say Heronic played 20 good games last year. Yeah. Probably around there. Unfortunately. And I really like Philip Heronic. I want him to, I do want him to be good, but I do like, I we mentioned it last year, like our last episode of the like, make or break players. This is definitely a make or break year. Yeah. When you see where he's at, need to see where he's at. Oh, what was my last question? I had it written down. Um, Oh yeah, the goaltending. I we were joking about it. Like both guys have that barely played any minutes, but I, I won't speak on this topic again. Okay, if I I'm, got roasted last time for speaking on it, I'm. <laughs> oh, we came back to bite us. You don't want to listen to. You don't want to like listen back in a year and be like, Ooh, "That's what I said." No, I was just gonna ask. Like, I think it's like it kind of seems like Billy Huso is gonna be the starter day one just from contract purposes. But again, I, I know there's me competition going in. I would expect a 50-50 split close to it anyway but i would like to see who's going to be playing the majority like I, like you need a go-to guy you can have a tandem like i think it's good to have a tandem of guys playing pretty close to the same games but you want to be comfortable with that one guy like must win game i'm like this is the guy and i'm curious who that's going to be i don't really i don't know if i necessarily have an answer right now but my, my like i guess the only like viewpoint i could see going into this right now um unless someone like gets hot and stays hot i say up until like thanksgiving it's gonna be 50 50 and then kind of make a decision to go like from the, that point on to like a 60 40 split and then 
again if yeah. someone if someone like gets hot you know you flip back and forth it's it's a tandem style so i don't know like and it's relative two relatively young goalies that again are have some experience but not like a, a ton of experience <laughs> you know wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's limited like it's limited experience and like there's been goods and good like good parts and bad parts to it so i don't know like i i see it's kind of like the like i guess like the playoff picture like benchmark where like who's in the playoff scene or around the playoff right. scene american thanksgiving yep um i think that's kind of going to be like our goalie scene like i don't know i like that um and it kind of reevaluate from there break the season up into thirds essentially is what they do yeah, just over, over just over a third, I think, by American Thanksgiving. One thing I liked, like with Jeff Blaschel's like mentality as a coach, he mentioned this a couple times, but it was like splitting the the season up into ten game increments. I like that. Yeah. I did and, like that a lot. Too. And and winning winning that ten games, like you go yeah. six, you get you go six six and six and four in that ten games. You can do that for through a whole season. That's really good. So yeah. I mean, again, like you look at it from that point, from like goaltending as well. Like I think that could be something to work with. Again, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. Like again, very much like make or break. Like or not like a, I should say feast or famine with the goaltending this year. Two young guys that we're making bets on, and I think that's the right way to do it. In terms of like where the Red Wings are at right now, so it works great. If not, like oh well, like tough. Yeah, both guys are on pretty short. I mean, Nelkovich is an expiring deal, and Huso's on a three year deal. Nothing huge. Not huge commitments there. Right, it's it's a they're definitely prove it contracts, not huge, like, yeah. Commitment, you know, so um, I don't know. My point on this, I guess, like my my hope is that it's just a healthy competition, and we they both find strides to where we can night in and night out throughout points of the season. We can be like, all right, Ned's in tonight. We're we're gonna have a good shot tonight. You know, like yeah, exactly. Feel like consistently enough to where we feel confident know, like, in both goalies being in the net. Yeah, like, you know, even if even if they went on a little skid, like okay, well, he's gonna have a bounce back and play solid here within the next two or three games. Like his next start's gonna be a, a solid enough one. Type thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. In, like by December, whenever Thomas Grice was listed as the starting goalie, I was, I was, I was like, we're not winning. Yeah, exactly. Not happening. Yeah. Um, I think that wraps it up. I mean, unless you guys have any like more questions that you've thought of, I know Grant, like we're bouncing around a couple ideas, but I don't know if you have anything on the top of your head. I do not. No, I need I need your opinion on, on something. Okay. Which game should I go to this year? Ooh. I have three. Well, I have four, but one's the same team. Come place. Okay. It's uh, Avs in Detroit on you know, on a Saturday. I believe it's like the 18th of March. Okay. Edmonton, which is like a Tuesday, so like don't, the days don't really matter. But Edmonton or Pittsburgh. Hmm. Edmonton, uh, that might be fun. I think I think that's a good one as well, like a Tuesday too. Yeah. I don't know, kind of like, I don't know, I feel like the Red Wings, uh, man, Avs is a good one too. See, the Avs have, have me sold because I want to see like McKinnon and McCarr and stuff play, but it's also a Saturday afternoon game, St. Yeah. Paddy's Day weekend, St. Paddy's Day weekend. Oh, that might be tough. Just, just go sloppy downtown Detroit. That's that would be kind of fun, though. That's end mm. up Bron- end up Bronis house after, you know. Yeah, I mean he's close. Yeah, he walks <laughs> to the ring. So. Yeah, he walks. Yeah, he 
walks he just walks to his house. It's fine. My other point is like um Chase will like this one. Uh I haven't seen Crosby play live yet. I kinda want to do it before he gets That's a good cool point and, as well. Yeah. That'd be kinda cool too. Yeah. And Malkin and stuff like that and Latan, like, you know. They, they yeah, three players. great players. Yeah, and they're still they're still good. Yeah, they're still, you know, like they're on the latter half back nine of their career, but I still want to see them before like okay, they're retiring this year and they're just Yeah. Farewell to her. Yeah, exactly. Farewell to the Joe. And then of True. course Edmonton, you know, I get to see McDavid again. So really cool. I seen him play. Right, you... Oh, you saw him playing junior? Yeah, when he played against the Hounds and just worked yeah. there now. <laughs> Actually he worked the whole Hounds. He, in uh in six games he scored twenty seven points. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I've heard that's okay. It's all right. Um. Yeah. I guess I um, my picks either Colorado Pittsburgh then. Yeah. I'm going one of those two for you. Um. Yeah. Grant. Moving. Yeah. What do you think, Grant? Vancouver. See Danny D play. Uh. <laughs> just kidding. Uh. With your Crosby logic, I would do Crosby. Do I see McDavid? Okay. Fair, fair. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no problem. From well, maybe maybe by you know trade deadline or maybe by March, you know maybe Crosby will be playing for the Red for the Abs. Yeah, it'd be best of both worlds. No, he's gonna be playing for the Red Wings. Oh, true, true, true. Perfect for, for Adam. Or, or <laughs> yeah, that's when Andrew Cop switches to the wing. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh my God, I got a couple like couple more quick ones and then probably head out. Um, Tim Stutzla signing the big ticket. Hard not to just like put Lucas Raymond's name right there and be like, okay, that's his contract extension. Yeah. Granted, Stutzla played center at the end of the year, but he's been primarily a winger. And if Raymond does what he think we think he's going to do this year, his production is going to be better. You know, I'm just like, that's a tough one. But also, I, again, I see people like online flaming like teams taking the the risk on young players like after they've had one good year. I'd much rather do that than pay a 29-year-old on a seven-year deal who's going to get worse. Yeah. Well, it's not, not kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. It's my, like my like people are like, oh, great contract. I'm like, well, in two years, it's going to be bad. I'd rather take the risk because, again, if you pay, if it pays off, like Tim Stutzler, like if that pays off, like you have, a, yeah. you have the next McKinnon deal. Literally, because the cap's jumping up to 100 million in the next five years or something like that. Yes. It's projected, sorry. Projected, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. But yeah. also, the Stutzla deal kind of reminded me a lot of um, Jack Hughes. Like, obviously, like a little bit different figure wise, but like, yeah, not Stutzla close. Had, yeah. Like, Stutzla had a good first year. Jack had an okay first year, like, not for what he had. Um, yep. Second year got hurt, I believe, with Thunder or something like that. Yep. Stutzla was in and out injuries a little bit and whatever. And then the big ticket comes in. And like, I think he was only had like, was it like 90 games played in the NHL or 95 games played and like something like that? Because it was two, he, 50 something odd points. Like, some, he played in like, two shortened seasons. Yeah. And then, he, and then he only played 49 games this year. Right. And he, yeah, that's right. That was this year that he got hurt. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Was he but, 56 um, and 49? Yeah. He was over a point per game. He was great. Right, but like uh, when he signed the ticket, he right, was like right, he was nowhere near that production. So no, I agree. Again, it's like you pay your you pay your young studs. Like you, I'd I'm all for locking guys up 
long term that are young or coming off their entry level contracts. You get them to that if they pan out, then they're you're at a good AAV and you could stay in a cup contention window. You get Kale McCarr making nine million. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That, that's that's the Nate McKinnon contract. <laughs> yeah, that still- is now that is now the Nate McKinnon contract. Yeah. Well, what about that post I sent you guys earlier in the chat? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Nathan McKinnon's next contract will be in the double-digit millions. Yeah, no shit. Well, I mean, that's what he said, though. That's a direct quote. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I love how he's given. like. What? Yeah, yeah, it is a given. Yeah, there was rumors earlier this summer that it was going to be the highest, but he was going to become higher paid than McKinnon or McDavid. He was going to crack. He was going to crack thirteen. Hard to argue that it's an overpayment. Yeah, like. Uh, McDavid's McDavid's underpaid. Right, by far. by far, yes, yeah. So it's it's yeah. fun. It's it's definitely like yeah. There's so much. There's still so much business to be done in the NHL, and yeah. like we're only a couple weeks out. I was looking at it too, like because I was curious if the Red Wings would bring in any PTOs, and I kind of remembered. Oh yeah, Bobby Ryan came on a PTO last year, and it was announced like basically right around now that he was coming in. Actually, it was like two days before, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right after. It was between prospects and main camp. Yeah, because I remember he got like I remember him talking about like getting the call and then showing up. Yeah, so I wonder if the Red Wings do something like that again, right. bringing in a PTO. I don't I don't know where they would bring in the PTO per se, because I feel like defense is like we're pretty pretty stacked up there, stacked in bodies, not talent. I should right. excuse me, excuse me. I made that sound. Year, yeah, well, that's not saying much though. No, exactly. It's it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. For sure, glass half full, boys. Glass half full. Yeah, that's a good we haven't one seen anyone full yet. That's glass half full. Yeah, maybe like a fourth line forward, and we give a PTO. I don't know something. Adam Ernie. Remember when we gave UC Yokin and PA Parento PTOs? It's the in my life. That was. I mean, I loved PA Parento. Did that PA awesome. not make the squad that year? Or was he? Oh he, no, he he didn't make the squad. He didn't make it. UC Yokin definitely. Us? No, he, they, neither of them made it. No, but I remember. I remember this because it was my first. Like, I had a blog when I was eighteen. I had a Red Wings blog, and they both got PTOs that year. It was right. twenty. It was twenty seventeen. Yes, but did not. Did like Parento not play with the Wings at all? Uh, what do you mean? I thought, he, put... I thought I thought PA Parento was on the team for like a small bit. No, just with no, just through preseason. Oh, he got cut. Oh, both him and the okay. second preseason though. Yeah, he wasn't bad. I think he scored. I think he scored a couple goals. Just not mobile at all. Never was though. Never was though. He did have he did have a couple big years with the Leafs, so not big, not a big deal. Um, I did want to bring up like uh, a couple of though my other ones is our our twenty twenty two class performing well overseas. Again, I, I mentioned this to Grant. But uh, Marco Casper, he reminds me so much of Dylan Larkin. I don't know if I'm over-exaggerating at this point, but the way he skates in his motor, is it reminds me so much of a young Dylan Larkin of just, like, roaming the zone. Yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, I mean, Dylan Anderson, but yeah. In the the eyes of motor, yes. Different play styles completely, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm not saying, like, Mark Casper is going to be Dylan Larkin, but they're going to be the same person. Yeah, I mean years. that'd be that'd be great. I mean, you have Dil- you have Dylan Larkin and Dylan Larkin is your first two centers. I mean, it's pretty good. 
but no, uh, Marco Casper's done. He's done really well in Champions League so far. Yeah, uh, he tied his he tied his point total from last year in in eight less games. He has six points in four games, and he had six points in twelve games last year in Champions League. Granted, they have played weaker teams. Right they really bad teams. Yeah, so he's kind of he's kind of went off a little bit. So again, not not the end all be all. Also, Buchelnikov sticking with SKA for mo- like he's he I think he's played one or two games in the MHL, but he's been primarily with. The he's KHL played team. one game and had three points. <laughs> and then he's played four KHL games. Yeah, four or five now. I think it's maybe five. I don't think he has any points yet, but he did have that penalty penalty shot. It actually but... it might be six because I know they're on a six game winning streak right now. And all the reports I've been seeing is that he's playing really well. Very limited role, but I mean that's natural for players that are that young. Yeah. So all positives there. I'm excited. I'm excited to see his progress. And again, as a long term project, just leave him over there until he's like 23, 24. And you just plop him in when the writings are really good. And just like, oh, we have another guy. Yeah. So we love to see. Uh, also, shout out Anton Johansson. He's looked really good in preseason as well. Yeah, he has some fun clips going on. Yeah, I think, yeah, he sounds like he might make the SHL club. Yeah, I'm not sure if he will or not. But I'm he assuming went- he'll be up and down this year. Which is good. Yeah. He only played a couple games in the SHL. So I think he was year. playing like seventh defenseman in preseason he was slotted in as sixth or seventh defenseman in preseason so i'm assuming he won't make the big club yeah probably not but yeah definitely something to watch out for but yeah tomorrow i mean anyone can watch the games on the Redwings youtube channels uh particularly you know, the post on the youtube and then i think it'll be on twitter as well but yeah it should be an exciting game um yeah we'll be back with you guys next week um, moving forward, it's season's coming. Grant's gotta get back into hockey shape. I know. In terms of, I've been drinking the blue Kool Aid too much lately. You've been drinking the MCDC Kool Aid. Yeah. See, what was the comment you made uh, before we started? Uh, we were talking before we started. We were talking about what if uh, Dan Campbell coached the Grand Rapids Griffins, and I was basically saying if if he calls Josh Reynolds. Uh, wide receiver of the Detroit Lions, uh, the Serpent of Death. What would he call Elmer Soderblom? <laughs> I went with the Giraffe of Death. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's a work in progress. It's a work in yeah. progress. We'll get back to you later. Yeah, we'll figure it. Maybe we'll be a better one next week after we week get, two of Lions maybe, football. Maybe an interview. With MCDC? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm lined up. Don't get him on. <laughs> oh. The interview is just him talking about his love for the game of football and yeah. And whatnot. And just him making me cry. Yeah. yeah that'd be great. <laughs> I don't have, he's probably my biggest like man crush in like history right now. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Everything it's, that guy does, I, I, I just love. It's so funny. Oh, but yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back early next week recapping the prospect tournament and talking about Red Wings camp. Maybe we'll have a PTO there. We'll see. Um, but yeah, be make sure you guys be a parent question mark. But yeah, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at TPL pod. Uh, check out inside the rink for more Red Wings articles and just NHL articles in general. Um, big things happening at inside the rink. So make sure you guys check that out again. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next week.